Welcome back to Three Black Dots with Dr. Tiffany, Dr. Karen, and Dr. Zanetta. All right, all right. Thanks for joining us again. We are kicking off uh, this episode talking about lung cancer. It's Lung Cancer Awareness Month. So we have in the house my old college roommate, Dr. Kimberly Sterling. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. How are you? Fine. It is such a pleasure to be here with you ladies tonight. Welcome. So this is super exciting for me. As I said, Kim and I go way back. We uh, lived together for three years in college. We didn't know each other freshman year, but we lived together (laughs) the rest of the years. uh, And she married her college sweetheart. Well, he was her high school sweetheart. And then they both came to Tulane and I married my college sweetheart. So we both know each other's spouses and we all kind of grew up together because you're still a kid when you're in college. So I'm super excited to have her here. Um, now I have to read your title because <laughs> I'm going to put some respect on your name. Right. Um, and so Currently, Kim is an associate professor at the UT Health Sciences Center, and she is a tobacco regulatory scientist and health disparities researcher. That's a mouthful, and we're going to get into what all that means and why we're talking about it in Lung Cancer Awareness Month, but this is going to be a great conversation. So first of all, what is everybody drinking? Kim, you're the guest. What you drinking? Sangria. Oh, Mm. excellent. And I also have water here. Just in case. Oh, just, in case. case. Hydration. just in case. Just in case. That's right. <laughs> beautiful case. thing. Dr. Karen, what you drinking? So I, I'm actually drinking moonshine. Um, Ooh. This is a peach moonshine. And the water is actually incorporated in here in the form of ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Z, what you got? Well, you know, it's been a, it's been a long, long week, y'all. Yes. So I, have, I still have my Yeti cup with, with my water. But I know that this will be a very good podcast. And so I also have my honey bun. Oh, y'all didn't that's tell me a, I could have had a honey bun. A, no, no, no. That's the netta with that. What in the I feel cheated. Wait a second. Where am I getting all this? What, what is all this pushback? That's I don't know, Zanetta. I would have been right there with you had I had a honey bun. Thank you, Kim. I, I just think I you feel really cheated right now. I'm sorry. Well, at least you didn't bring I wings. Was I was tight with y'all. Oh, now, wings would have been wrong. She's yeah, had well, done that before. Uh-huh. She's done it before. She'd normally be tearing up some popcorn. She'd be tearing up some popcorn. I have a popcorn subscription. Oh. Do I'll, I'll tell you, I do. My line sister pops popcorn, and I had to get on the prescription. Lord, that's the way the week has been. On the subscription plan. Oh, tell me about that later. You might need to get on a prescription plan, too. I know. (laughs) Florida falling off the face of the earth. I know it. I know. Hurricane Ada's. What the heck? Okay. Two storms in one week. And then, okay, we were all ready for the first storm. Okay, we're ready. They canceled schools. Everybody's on edge. You know, everybody's high anxiety. You know, we get a few raindrops. And we're like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. So then Wednesday... Everybody's at work. Everybody's at school. Everybody's minding their business. Next thing you know, trees are shaking. Yes, no. I was, wow. And we're like, what in the world is this? So the yes, second indeed. part of Hurricane Ada was uh, much worse than the first. Hmm. I can attest to that because she blew on through North Carolina 
yesterday and right now I'm sitting above my flooded basement. So <gasps> oh, no. So that's cool. Oh, oh God. Wow. Luckily, there is nothing worse. And Peloton were spared, but that's about it. Carpet is up. Derek oh. pulling up carpet all day. So Oh my goodness. 2020. That, that yeah. crazy hurricane. Did y'all see that huge yeah, alligator? That's what I wanted to know about. What are y'all doing in Florida? <laughs> I'm telling you, there, there was this? a dinosaur she in Florida in my city. <laughs> that thing was so big. And the thing is, we know there are alligators everywhere. I mean, somebody had a cougar in their backyard. Mm -mm. There are pumas. I didn't realize that was a real live animal. Yeah, I thought it was just it's a shade in North Carolina. I'm just saying. I thought Girl. somebody was in a costume. I'm like, no, nah, that's not real. That's <laughs> surely that is not real. Mm -mm. It's time to move on, Martha. Move on. I mean, I know mm -hmm. you just got down there, but um, girl. Okay. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Back to oh, back yeah. to. Oh, somebody <laughs> asked me, but I'm drinking. Yeah, Tiffany, what are you water. drinking? Oh. It's Tiffany. Oh, what you drinking? Topo Chico. Okay, so what is that? Topo Chico. Yeah. Let me tell you this story. Okay. One of my high school and medical school friends was talking about this one day on Facebook that this was like the best sparkling water ever. And I was like, okay, let me find out. So I finally got my hands on some. It's ruling. It's good. Hmm. Really? Is that what? the lime? The yes. The lime is the truth, isn't it? That's good stuff. <laughs> what, is, what is this? What the is this? That's the, is truth. the truth. It is. Wow. The lime is the truth. Speak of. The whole truth. Why it's is it good, so though. good? I don't know. Like Shout out to Alan Water. It came out of somebody's tap. That's why. <laughs> I know, I know right? On there. I'm like, this is this all somebody's backyard. And I'm, I'm telling you, New, New York right? water is the bomb. I mean, it's so tasty. <laughs> Topo Chico is delicious. All right. Let's focus. Um, so. <laughs> we try and Kim. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is yeah, all good. Girl. No, Look, this is Friday you know, the 13th. Oh, it's 2020. Yeah. Enough yeah, said. The truth, There's right? truth behind Friday yeah. the 13th. Yeah. We can talk about see, that later. I was like, you know a story for everything. Like, <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. Yeah, so, I love so, it. Well, Friday the 13th was, it's actually, it. you know, the history of it is that there were these men who thought that uh, these women were witches. Oh, hmm. I read this today. I read this today. Did you? Yeah, yeah because yeah, somebody yeah. just sent mm -hmm. it to me. And I was like, wow, this makes me. So basically, they were telling me why Friday the 13th is man's way, may, way, man's way of oppressing women. And oh. I was like, um, yes. okay. Weird. And I was like, well, that sounds really deep. But I only read the first three sentences. Well, yeah. <laughs> I skimmed the story about it. I got to go back and read it. Um, yeah. I, read so, it, I skimmed the story. Yeah. More mm. to come. More yeah. to come. Okay, cool. Well, as I mentioned, November's Lung Cancer Awareness Month, um, you know, and when we were talking about it, I said, hey, my college roommate and friend is a tobacco researcher, and this would be great for Lung Cancer Awareness Month. We know, you know, tobacco is associated with many cancers, lung cancer, of course, but pretty much every other cancer, um, as well as a whole, a whole host of other health issues, lung disease, heart disease you know, disease in your blood vessels, everything. So this is pertinent for us, um, but it's pertinent for us, everyone, just for general health for our population. So um, we're going to hear some fascinating stuff about how cigarettes are marketed to the Black community. Um, oh, don't get me so started. I'm getting, I'm about to get you started. So, um, <laughs> so as an intro, like I said, um, 
Kim is a professor. She's a tobacco regulatory scientist and a health disparities researcher. So, Kim, what do you do in your job? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what do I do in my job? So, aside from teaching and the various service activities that I do, I, as as Tiff said, I'm a tobacco control regulatory scientist researcher. And what that means is the research that I conduct, um, and primarily I conduct research on little cigars and cigarillos, and they go by the names of Black and Mild, Swisher Swedes, White Owl, Dutch Masters. If you guys have a QT in your neighborhood or or any you know service station, if you go inside of the service station, you look behind the power wall as we or on the power wall as we call it, you'll see all of the, of the tobacco products. Um, and I, I studied the cigars that the brands that I just mentioned. Um, Black so, and Mild dominated my high school. Oh, hmm. look, I got products. Dominated. She said she, look, she got show and tell. Dominated. Do you know how to show and tell? Let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all. That's, not even, that's a whole lot of show and tell, though. It's not even like one or two. She got like a whole bucket. And so here's, you know what? The shame of it all, y'all cannot smell what's coming oh. out of my bucket. Like, I, I mean, it was the smell of black and mild. That oh. I mean, I still... Oh, but sister, let me tell you, they have gone beyond just black and miles. There are so many flavors now. Yeah, the flavors. Um, The flavors. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk. Exactly. Marketed for teens. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many flavors now. There's so many flavors now that these products come in. So I meant to pull out my favorite ones before we got online, but I completely forgot. So I'm going to just rummage through for a second. So wait, wait, what do you mean your favorite ones? The ones you're smoking? <laughs> oh, oh, you, oh, you mean about? the smell? Oh, you need to be careful, okay. okay, so I have never smoked these before in my life. Okay. Never in again. my life. And it got, <laughs> I'll have to tell y'all a story about how my how some of the kids that I worked with in Atlanta called me the blunt lady. Um, but <laughs> we were, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> so, the blunt lady. I can see yeah. Yeah. Speaking speaking of sangria, so here is one. I don't know if you guys can see it, but this is a white owl owl product, and it comes in a sangria flavor. Two Um, for ninety nine cents. Two for ninety nine cents. Yep. That's another market. Yeah. Kids can can afford that. Yeah. Oh, look. So here's a single black and mild. This one oh, yeah. is 79 cents. 79 cents? Mm-hmm. Now, oh. granted, granted, y'all, I have been collecting these products probably since about 2014. And they've come from all over the southeast. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, any state where we're driving, I will stop and go into somebody's uh, gas station mm-hmm. and I will buy these products. Yeah, um, we have so, one right by the high school. Mm-hmm. So we have or two, a- actually. Mm-hmm. You just on the way to school. Yeah, so this is this is a Swisher Sweet brand, oh, and the it it's cocoa? cocoa blue, cocoa blue. Um, so they they come they come in all of these flavors, but the reason why the tobacco industry adds flavors to their products is because the flavors will will mask some of the harshness of the tobacco product, mm-hmm. right? So it keeps people coming back to use the products, and also it's it's a it's a selling ploy. Just to be straight up honest with you, um, they will put flavors in these products because they're trying to attract youth because they're trying trying to attract different groups. Um, and hey, who doesn't want to smoke a sangria? Doesn't that sound good on a, a Friday night? after On, a, on a Friday night, right, after a hurricane? So Kim, <laughs> yes, I have heard that electronic cigarettes, didn't they ban flavors from electronic cigarettes? Very, very good question. So they have banned flavors that are attractive to youth. So candy like flavors. Right. Bubble gum, dessert flavors, alcohol flavors um, from cartridge filled e-cigarettes. 
right? So your jewel devices, um, right. any, any ones that come with those cartridges, those flavors have been banned and removed from those, from those products. However, what we're learning is, is that, you know, youth are super, super crafty. Um, and we know those flavors we really suspect were, were trying to, to get youth um, to use the products. So now what kids are doing are moving to other products, other e-cigarette products where those flavors are not banned. So now they're starting to move to disposable e-cigarette products. And some of those brands may be Puff Bar. Um, there's some other ones out there. But long story short, these flavors are banned for some e-cigarette products, but mm. not all e-cigarette products. Mm. And every e-cigarette out that's out there does come in menthol and it does come in tobacco flavored. But in terms of some of the more attractive flavors, the more fruity or the, the kid-like flavors, they're in they aren't in some of the products, but they're found in others of the products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kim, um, okay. How do all of these different products compare in terms of levels of nicotine and then levels mm-hmm. of toxins? Mm-hmm. Like is a cigarette um, or, or is an e-cigarette as bad as a cigarette, as bad as a cigarillo? Is that what you call the black and mild? Yeah, um, yeah. Like, how do these all um, compare in terms of nicotine and other in the toxic agents that lead to disease? Really good question. The answer to the question is we're still doing research studies to figure that out. Right. So, you know, and you really you touched upon an issue that I would say, you know, is people fall on different sides of the coin with this particular issue, because for e- with e-cigarettes particularly, there are some of my colleagues who think that e-cigarettes are better for you than, than combustible cigarettes. And they think that e-cigarettes are better because you don't have all of the combustion of and, and all of the burning of stuff that you would get in cigarettes. Mm-hmm. While there are other of my colleagues, and I fall on this other side, I don't, I don't buy it. I just, I don't buy that they are, are safer um, I have seen some studies that suggest that even though people may be trying to switch from cigarettes to e-cigarettes, that they still go back and they smoke cigarettes anyway. So there's a lot of debate in our field about the harm reduction ability or the harm reduction, you know, qualities, if you will, of e-cigarettes. Now to go back, you know, to go back to your, to your, I guess, a broad answer to your question. I think it's safe to say that some of my colleagues feel that combustible products like your cigarillos, like your cigarettes, like um, like your the pipe tobacco, that those are going to be more harmful than the e-cigarette products where you aren't really burning anything. You're just in consuming the, the vapor. So I think it depends on what type of harm you're talking about, right? So if you're talking about carcinogens, so, you know, one of the things that I did in my last role was I worked with the Tobacco Control Center of Excellence that was at Mm. Wake Forest. And, you know, we did a lot of work kind of around trying to understand some of these differences as well. Um, You know, part of the the challenge is, is that we know that cigarettes, that there's a direct correlation because of the carcinogens that come in the combustibles with cancers, right? Whether it be lung cancer or other. We don't have the longitudinal data yet, right, right for right. for the the e-cigarettes. However, there is some kind of data to suggest there may be um, actually with some brands. Actually, you might actually even have increase in terms of heat 
that actually hmm. goes in, depending on the type of cartridge that you have. And some of the surgeons that I've talked with, the cardiothoracic surgeons, that you know, those are the guys who actually do open heart surgery or, or lung surgery and that sort of thing. They've mentioned that they've noticed that there can be some resins and some deposits hmm. in the lung tissue itself that may actually cause some restrictive disease and restrictive pneumonia later on. So I think it just depends on what type of harm you're talking about. And, you know, my biggest fear is that, and I want you to mention, talk a little bit about this, Kim, in terms of the actual nicotine content, because mm -hmm. some of these cartridges actually are almost like smoking a pack of cigarettes right. from what I've understood. Yes. And we, that the impact of nicotine on health is a whole other ball game, right? Yes. yes. So, so I should say that most of my research focuses on youth and young adults. So when I'm talk to you about the impact of nicotine, I'm speaking specifically, or I would speak specifically about the impact of nicotine on that particular mm -hmm. group's health, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons that I am personally concerned about e-cigarette use, and I'm concerned about cigarillo use, is because these products do indeed have nicotine. So I have one of my colleagues um, who has done some research back in the day on on the e-juices, right? The juice that you would could put or the liquid that you could put inside of an e-cigarette. And she did, she collected different samples from different parts of the country and they did a chemical analysis on these samples. And what they did find is that in those e-juices that claim to have zero nicotine, there were some traces of nicotine, right? Mm -hmm. So so to, to take a step back, the concern that I have about youth and young adults consuming nicotine is that we do know that nicotine does have some health effects. We know that nicotine does have some impact on the developing brain. I was talking with, um, with a physician the other day. And he said, you know, the brain develops sometimes up until age 26, perhaps even into age 27. So if anyone is consuming nicotine, that consumption of nicotine is having an impact on the development of the brain, on the development of the synapses and all, of, you know, we need the brain. <laughs> it's kind of an important thing to have. To have yeah. just a little bit, right? I know it's easy for those synapses to break with that. Exactly. Yes. exactly. Yeah. So, so that is, that is the primary concern that we have mm -hmm. about the consumption of nicotine among young people. You're still growing, you're still developing, and now you're exposing yourself to a substance that's going to have potentially a negative impact on your growth and your development. So, you know, my advice is to just steer clear of all tobacco products, in, including ends. I mean, there is, to me, there is no safe product. The safest thing is just to not start to begin with. Yes. And thank you for that, Kim. And so just uh, for our, our listeners, um, can you go ahead and tell us what ends are? Because some people yes. might not know that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So ENDS, we, we use the phrase ENDS um, and it stands for Electronic Nicotine Delivery System. Um, so you guys probably don't hear the term ENDS in your day-to-day -day life, but you may hear of vapes, you may hear of vaping, you may hear of e-cigs. Um, they, they go by, um, or those terms can be classified as ENDS, but typically kids aren't walking around talking about ENDS, they're talking about vaping or vapes. Mm -hmm. Well, and the only reason why I bring it up, too, is that some of these devices are actually pretty slick, right? So, yes, you know, even absolutely. like when Jewel came out, it yes. looked like the, like the yes. thing you put in your computer. Yeah. I mean, these if things I don't... So I was ready. I was ready for y'all. I can share my screen. I don't know if it's possible, but, but you got a PowerPoint. It's so I do, funny. Girl, I got a PowerPoint. Wow. I came ready. If that it is, is awesome. possible to share my screen, is it possible to share my screen? Uh, Ashley says yeah. it is. We have to take a break. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? Make sure you rate and subscribe. Three Black Dots is available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to ask 
question that maybe Karen or Renetta knows the answer to. What's the age for people to sell e-cigarettes to Ooh. people? Is it is is there an age like with cigarettes or what what's the age? You ask a really good question. So at the beginning of the year, um, Tobacco 21 became a law nationwide. And what that means is retailers cannot sell tobacco products to anyone who's under the age of 21. Um, so that that just recently came on board. People probably forgot about it when COVID you know, popped up on the scene. Mm. But retailers are not allowed to sell their products to anyone who is under the age of 21. Um, something that my colleagues, that some of my colleagues worry about are alternative sources of tobacco products, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's not difficult for people to get a fake ID um, and, and for them to, to be, um, pretend that they're 21. Although I think some states may have some kind of special coding or something on um, on the, the ID to actually pick up on if the ID is real or not. But I digress. Um, but we also know that, you know, it's, it's not hard to slip play cousin. Hey, can here's some money? Hi. Can you go in and, and buy um, buy a product for me? So overall, we're really hopeful that Tobacco 21 will curb um, some of the use that we're seeing in youth. But that remains to be seen. We have to collect mm-hmm. the data now going forward to see if if indeed um, we see reductions in in product use among kids who are under the age of 21. Yeah, I guess I just got confused because it's like the marketing that you were talking about before chose flavors that kids liked, mm-hmm. like bubblegum, for example. And then I was like, well, wait a minute, can they sell this stuff to kids? Like, shouldn't there be an age cutoff? So was it that when e-cigarettes first came out, they didn't have an age Right. So, right. Because Tobacco 21 just became law nationwide this year. Now, there may have been some localities that had already passed a Tobacco 21 law, meaning that Mm -hmm. kids within that city or locale couldn't buy the products. But that just became a law nationwide. But Tiff, you hit up on something that's really, really interesting because... So before Tobacco 21 came on the scene, we had what was known as the Master Settlement Agreement. And it was this this agreement that some states in the country reached with the tobacco industry because these states sued the tobacco industry because they were trying to recoup their money (laughs) that they lost from having to deal with with tobacco related health care costs in their in their states. So when when the MSA was um, when it was all said and done, what at that particular time, and I think it was like 1989, 1990, the tobacco industry could not sell their products to kids, kids meaning anyone under the age of 18. So when e-cigarettes popped on the market, you know, and all of these other flavored tobacco products popped on the market, the industry or retailers could still sell these flavored products to anybody over the age of 18. So I just read a study earlier today, and now what what has becoming an issue is that we're starting to see the age of initiation of tobacco products increase, right? So like a while ago, we were really concerned about kids under the age of 18 starting to use. But we saw that those numbers of, of adolescents initiating use had declined. But now we're starting to see an uptick in the number of um, young adults, typically people between the ages of 18 and 24 years old. That's usually how we define it. But we're now starting to see an uptick specifically in tobacco and cigarette product use among that group. And it could be because um, there is some evidence that the tobacco industry saw young adults, people between the ages of 18 and 24, as replacement smokers, meaning that they would replace the people who had quit smoking tobacco 
tobacco products or the people who have passed oh. away as a result of using tobacco products. Whoa. So what they did, yeah, let, let me tell you, don't sleep on tobacco control research because it's like a drama all onto <laughs> itself. I'm serious. There's like mystery, <laughs> there's political <laughs> influence, there's their different factions. It's just so fascinating. Um, I almost lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Oh, so once once the tobacco industry realized that they could not legally market their products to adolescents, then they shifted their marketing tactics towards young adults. Um, so again, I think one of the, the significant things that we hope to see because Tobacco 21 has come online is, you know, we hope that now the rates among young adults will actually go down. But time time is the only way that we'll be able to figure that out and tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about um, the marketing? So you mm-hmm. said that this 18 to 24 year old age group is the replaceable. Mm-hmm. They look at them as replacements. And so they're really trying to target them. So How do the tobacco industry, how do they target the black community? Do they target the black community specifically? Yes. Yes. If so, how? Very good question. So the tobacco industry has what we call advertising pitches. And these are particular particular tactics or particular ways that they would go about selling to to particular groups. So some of the advertising um, pitches may be around sex, right? Sex sales. So if you go back and if you look at any of of the... um, some of the old uh, tobacco advertisements, you may see this lady on the beach in a bikini and she, you know, she's out there and she is chilling and she's got her cigarette with her. Um, that's one of the ways that that um, they'll use an advertising pitch to sell. Flavors most certainly is a way that they would use um it's an advertising pitch that they would use to market their product to different groups. Specifically when we, when we're talking about blacks or people of color or people from low income communities, we know that these individuals are typically very price sensitive, right? Like we ain't got no whole lot of money (laughs) and we're looking for a way, you know, to, to get things at, at a price that we can afford. So what the tobacco industry was really, really savvy in doing is making sure that they had price promotions. So coupons, the buy one, get one free, save, you know, save by getting, you know, save two on three, all of these different price promotions. And some of my colleagues have found that these advertisements with these price promotions are more likely to be found in black communities as a poor as opposed to white communities these um, price promotions and advertisements are more likely to be found in lower income communities as opposed to more affluent communities um, so though those are some of the ways that or that's one way that they would go about um, targeting targeting our communities another way that they would go about and that they still go about targeting our communities is by learning what what sort of sorts of things the community is interested in right so again because I do uh, a lot of research with youth and young adults of color, I'm constantly looking at the products that are most interesting to them. What the tobacco industry has done is they know very well indeed what things really appeal to black and brown kids, right? So if you think about it, music, right? Most often hip hop um, or things associated with the hip hop culture. Um, So specifically for cigars, for little cigars and cigarillos like I study, 
if you go to the website of say Swisher Sweets, you'll see that there are black and brown kids represented all on that website. You see images of different black and brown kids who are using those products. I so wish I could share my screen with y'all because <laughs> I'd love to show you um, specifically how Swisher Sweets has, they have what they call the artist project and they are sponsoring young hip hop artists out in different low income, well, I can't say low income communities, but they're sponsoring young hip hop artists. Uh, and these artists will get on there and they'll send them samples of their music. They'll send them samples of their mixtape and they have contests. And if, you know, they allow the people who, who follow them on social media, they allow these folks to vote on on who is the best artist and they will sponsor mm -hmm. these artists wow um, yeah and, like and, it is the truth it's like it, american it, idol but for, well, like, yeah, for yeah. real for real and it really is fascinating because i can't tell you i mean you all know how i grew up but i guess black and mouth swisher sweets that was high school right and and the funny thing about it is that i remember thinking like i never saw in a poster advertisement for it, right? But everybody had it. Exactly. And yes. I, I remember thinking like, how is it that this is so prevalent mm -hmm. and you don't really see it? You have all these right. subliminal messages mm -hmm. uh, that are coming in. Wow. And product placement. So, yes. Oh, I don't, so I don't mean to cut you off, but product placement. So, mm -hmm. do you guys remember um, that song by Carrie Hilson? My name is Carrie. I'm so very fly. Oh, my. It's a little bit scary. So, if you keep going on, she talks about how she's pretty as a pitcher, sweeter than a swisher. That's product placement. Is that what she meant? Oh, yeah. Because I've never heard about that. The black and mild, I've heard about, but this, what is it? Oh, Swisher Sweets. Sweet. No, I've never heard of that. So oh, I never knew yeah, girl. So, and Tiff, I wonder, I wonder, well, we're A starting to wonder, we're starting to wonder too, if there are regional differences mm -hmm. um, in, in where these products are placed and how these products are mar marketed. So mm -hmm. you're right, Tiff, like when we were in college, I didn't know anything about Swisher Sweets, but I did oh. know people who use oh, black. Right. right. Yeah. Zanetta, you had you talked about the fact that um, there were stores, right, that actually oh, sell the products and they're selling singles or they're selling mm -hmm. kind of absolutely, like absolutely. And so when I was in Boston, we actually had high school students who actually did a project for us. And I worked with the Massachusetts Cancer Control Group and we oh, had a legislative oh, branch and we wanted the high schoolers to do a project. And what they did was they went around in their neighborhood and they tagged the density of uh -huh. these set stores uh -huh. that were selling these cigarellos and also the individual cigarettes and it was packed around the black and brown communities yeah so even if it's not a matter of like having a poster outside right. of the store you walk in the store and it's right there right it, at the cash right the there. cash register and you see it and it's it's amazing how how that actually speaks to young people of color as well and, and think about this. We know that the package is a walking advertisement for the tobacco industry. So once someone opens this up and once they take their product out, they throw it down on the ground. Right. So we it's, it's really interesting, Karen, that you're talking about this project that you did with kids, because we did a project with some kids in Atlanta, which is how I became known as the blunt lady at this particular school. But we had these kids go out and we asked them. We, we had them do a photo voice project where we had them go out and take pictures of different places where they saw cigarillos in their community. So some of them took pictures of what they saw, you know, at the QT or at the racetrack.
But a lot of our kids came back and they had images or they had pictures of where they just saw these on the ground by the park or they saw these on the ground wow. by, by the bus station. Right. So, you wow. know, to your to your point, it may not have been in your local gas station, but it could have been, you could have heard it, uh, heard it in a lyric in, in your popular or in one of your favorite songs. You could wow. have seen this as you were walking to school. So there, there's so many different ways and so many different sources of exposure. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a mess. Well, on that note, that messy note, we are gonna take a break. <laughs> we are gonna take drink. a break. We are give Kim a minute to breathe because we we've been peppering her with questions and uh, and we'll be back in a few. Three Black Dogs is not intended as medical advice. All opinions are our own. Three Black Dogs is produced by Wings Productions. Like what you hear? Make sure you rate and subscribe. Three Black Dogs is available wherever you get your podcasts.